This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Last week I talked about, the, the, the title was What's In It For Me? And I, I believe that that was a keynote sermon that uh, it would be worth listening to if you missed it. So listen to that please. So that was a, me- a lesson from a parable. And we're going to look at another parable in Luke chapter 14 this morning. And uh, at the beginning of the parable, Jesus take, is taking on the religious people. Now, it was his favorite hobby. He loved that. He loved taking on religious people. So it's kind of a warning to me and you, don't get religious <laughs> because he's on, he'll be on your case. So we're not going to get religious. We're not going to get full of ourselves and how things have to be. We're going to just be open and see how we can reach people uh, with the, the timeless 2,000-year-old message uh, wrapped up in a bit of a different package but same message, same. So Jesus has taken on the religious people. And in Luke chapter 14, early in that chapter, I'm not going to read this bit, I'll read a little bit later on. But in the, in the first sort of 7 through 15, he's talking to religious people and he's talking about, this is what happens when you are invited to a special meal. You don't make your way to the top table and think, you know, I mean, obviously I'm the most important guest. So I'll, you kind of wait to be... Um, invited up closer to the guest of honor. You could be the guest of honor, but you'd look silly if you take the guest of honor's seat and then someone else comes in who is the guest of honor. So he says, don't do that. And he's teaching us about humility. And if we don't push ourselves forward, we find that God will bring us forward. And God will open us into opportunities if it's not about us It becomes about him, and then God opens doors for us. So it talks about humility, and it also teaches uh, in those first few verses about um, generosity. And it's important, and the lesson is, don't just just be generous to people who have the ability and the capacity to be generous in return. Be generous to people who have no chance of returning the favor. Be generous to people who probably don't really understand the whole idea of generosity and, and no one's perhaps blessed them or they're not used to, to being blessed and, and helping and encouraged. So do that. That's a great principle. So I think this, this of humility and generosity, especially to people who can't return the favor, a, princi- a kingdom principles that we should learn and we should operate. So we bless people not for something in return, just because we can and we know that God honors that and blesses us, but we don't do it for reward. Rewards, the rewards are always a byproduct, not a reason for doing what we do. So humility and generosity. So those are the things there. So I want us to uh, now have a look into um, Luke chapter 14, thinking about why we're doing this, what motivates us to do what we do, what drives us. You know, it's our passion for Jesus. It's our love for people. It's the cause of the kingdom. But we are going to look, look, look in Luke. Luke in Luke. Have it your own way. So Luke chapter 14, Luke chapter 14, verse, um, it'll all become clear when I put them on. So he's talking about, he's talking about a banquet And this guy chirps up in verse 15, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. 
So let's just explain what that is. He's thinking how wonderful that will be to attend a banquet. And he's talking about some future time when we're all together with our Lord and Savior. One day in the future, we don't know when that will be, but it's an absolute certainty and we can be sure that we can be at that banquet if we accept the invitation. So he's talking about that and he says, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. After this statement, this comment... Jesus replies with a story, a parable, a story which helps us to understand spiritual principles, kingdom principles. Verse 16, Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife so I can't come. (laughs) The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you can find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. So he's a great story An interesting story with a bunch of pathetic excuses why people couldn't be there. And we'll look at them in just a moment. Amusing excuses, they're so lame as it comes to excuses. But to understand what this parable is about. First of all, one one of the big principles or rather the big story behind this parable is, first of all, Jesus is talking about the fact that Father God had promised to send a Messiah to his people, the Jews, and they were looking forward to that. They were ready to accept it. But when it actually happened, when Jesus came, they rejected him. And when Jesus, when Jesus was rejected, God the Father says, it is available to everybody, Jews, Gentiles, everybody. So, That was the big story, first of all, of the parable. And it's interesting that the two invitations, at that time, it was a banquet, it was a wedding um, feast, it was a wedding reception, what that kind of thing. What used to happen is you'd get an invitation ahead of time, and so you knew the date and the time and when it was all going to happen and, and all this kind of stuff. And then when the food was ready to be served you'd get the second invitation. So you've already said, I'm coming, I'm accepting the invitation. But then when when they say to you, right, the food's ready, then you actually came and partook, was part of that banquet, that celebration, that reception. Now just imagine how you would feel if you'd invited people to your wedding reception, you'd paid the caterer, you'd paid the hotel or whatever, and then last minute some people say, oh, I'm not coming. You would, be, you would be offended. You would be insulted that you'd gone to all that trouble and that person had said, yeah, I'm definitely coming. And then last minute, they changed their mind and you think, I, I've paid for that, their seat. I, I, there's, there's room for them. I, I, you know, I, I, I've, put, I've put money into this. You know, it was ready for you to come. Why didn't you say you weren't going to come in the first place? 
And so what that's talking about is the fact that Jesus is saying, well, some people have rejected me, but for everyone who accepts me, accepts the invitation, they are welcomed into this banquet. So today, 2,000 years later, the invitation's still going out, and it's for everybody, no matter who they are, the background, Jews, Gentiles, anybody, it's just for everybody. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, saved is a kind of, bit of an old-fashioned uh, sort of word, perhaps it seems to, to some of us, but it, sim- it means what it says. It means that we are not going, we are saved from having to pay the penalty of what we've done. We're saved from having the consequences of the wrong that we've done, and we can have hope and freedom and forgiveness with God. That's what it means. So everyone who asks for it, in repentance and saying, God, I'm sorry, I want to be, be, be in relationship with you, I, I need forgiveness, I need a future. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, Romans 10, 13. Which obviously means that if you don't call on the name of the Lord, and if you don't accept the invitation, then you won't be at the banquet. You won't, it's, the invitation's there, but you have to actually do something about it. We understand that. If there's an offer, we need to accept an offer to come in and, and have that future with God. So just maybe think about that for a moment. But I believe that we have to accept the invitation. And then for the church, it is our responsibility to deliver the invitation. We have to get that invitation out there. So we can't say, I'm sorted, right? My future's sorted. There's a banquet. It's in heaven. I've got eternity with God. I'm sorted. Cheers for that. Thank you, God. I'm so grateful. God says, I appreciate your gratitude. Get out there and reach some more people. The invitation is there. Get out. Some people will say, no, well, keep going. There's room in the house. Keep going. There's room at the table. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. We've been given the responsibility of delivering an invitation. The guy sends, prepares the banquet. He sends out the invitations. And then he lets them know when the guest, he says, the banquet was ready. He sent his servant to tell the guests, come, and the banquet is ready. Two invitations. God's invitation, we have to accept that invitation to be in at the banquet. Now, the reality of it is, not everyone accepts the invitation. Now, I don't know if you think about that. It's kind of strange because when you love God and, you, and we understand how much God loves us, it's kind of difficult to think why anybody would not want that. Why wouldn't people want to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior? Why wouldn't people want to know something about the grace of God, the forgiveness of God? Why wouldn't people want to know about the comfort that comes from knowing Jesus and the, the strength that comes and, and the encouragement that comes in our lives and all the great things that God provides to us, the blessings, the joy of being together with God's people, the opportunity to worship God, the opportunity to bless other people and to be blessed by being with people, the opportunity to have great relationships in God's family. Why wouldn't you want that? Well, sometimes, even though something's available and it's free, people don't want it. This week, you will have seen on the news that Apple, the week before, have sent to people on iTunes, people who have Apple um, phones and stuff, uh, have received on iTunes a free U2 album. 
Now, some people have rejected that and, and think, that, well, hang on a minute, I didn't ask for this. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I like you, you too. Don't think I don't think I want them. I want this album on my um, device. So some people have kind of railed against that so that Apple have had to de- devise something so that by one touch you can delete that from your device, that album from your device. Now, I think it's an interesting social comment. I don't think this is about whether people like you too or don't like you too. I think that's almost beside the point. I think what's going on here is the imposition of being given something that you didn't ask for. The imposition of receiving something, they said, hang on a minute, I should be able to ask for that or accept that. It was just imposed on you. And so we find when we talk to people about the kingdom, we talk to people about how wonderful our God is and what God's done for us, sometimes there is uh, a resistance to that. There's a rejection of that, of that message. But, you know, it's because people don't want things forced on them half the time. So we have to be very wise. We have to be gracious with people so that we don't become Bible bashers and shove this stuff down people's throats. We need to build relationships with people. And when you have a relationship with somebody, you then have the right to be heard. You don't, if you're wise, you don't just let anybody speak into your life. You only, let, you only listen to people who you respect, to listen to people who you've given the opportunity to speak into your life. So this kind of, the whole thing about Apple, I, I think that, to me, that, that's made me really think about this. When it comes to evangelism, our evangelism has to be all about the love of God, about the grace of God, of how wonderful God is, but it hasn't got to be in your face, it hasn't got to be forcing something, it hasn't got to be religious, it's got to be simple, this is how wonderful God is. This is what God's done for me. And you could share some of that. Now, I can do that. And I think you can too. We don't need the script, right? We don't need to learn this script. This is how you do evangelism. Let me tell you, if you love people, if you get alongside people, if you be a friend to people, if you encourage people, if you be non-religious with people, if you be non-judgmental with people, if you just really like that, you will get opportunities to share about your faith time after time after time. But listen, take the opportunity. Because... The invitation has to get out there. Not everyone's accepted, but we're going to go there. I mean, look at the excuses. You laughed at those excuses, and they were pretty pathetic, right? You buy a piece of land, you haven't looked at it. Who would do that? Well, a few people have done that, thinking they're investing in in land uh, in the past number of years. And then we had the great crash and. Several people caught a cold through that. But listen, you wouldn't buy a piece of land. It could, be, it could be flooded. It could be on a slope. It could not be suitable for what you wanted to do. Who would buy five of oxen? Well, probably no one in this room would buy five of Because you, what would you do with them on your street? You probably, but if you're buying a car, you'd do a bit of research at least. If you're buying a brand new car, you think, well, I've got a warranty. That's okay. But if you're buying a second-hand car, you'd look at it. You'd test it. You'd, You'd ask somebody who knows about cars, is this car okay? You'd do something about it. And the ultimate one, I'm married so I can't come. It's a great one, that, isn't it? I mean, why would a guy not take his wife out for a free meal? It's crazy. Go take her to a banquet. 
You, you, you know, you're in there for brownie points and everything if you do that. Free meal, night out, love. This is, this is sorted. But they were just excuses. Excuse after excuse after excuse. 21st century excuses look a little bit different, but kind of, I'm too, too busy. I'm not religious. I don't really have a need for God. But, you know, if we hang on in there with people and keep reaching out to people, opportunities will come to speak into those situations. It just, it just does. Over time, relationships are built over time. Relationships are just being there for people. And, you know, often you haven't got the words to say when people are struggling with some big challenge. But you can, but you can still be there for them, which is what we need to do. So the invitation absolutely has to be delivered. You know, we have a feast every week, I believe, at Life Church. This is a feast. Sunday morning, the worship was great, right? The worship was great. And I know God got something out of it. If you got something out of it, well, that's okay, but God got something out of it. Because he was on it. And you know, if you ever say, I didn't get much out of the worship, that's okay. We weren't worshipping you. We weren't. We weren't. We worshipping him. But when we engage with worship, of course, we do get something out of it. We're, we're, we're lifted, we're blessed, we're helped. We, we, we get a perspective of life when we see how big our awesome God is. But, you know, sorry to burst that bubble, but we're worshipping him. We're honouring him. We're giving him the glory. And as we magnify God. Everything else in life shrinks. That's what happens because God is absolutely awesome. So we have a feast every week, but we're looking forward to the mother and father of all feasts in heaven one day. One day. I just kind of sometimes let my imagination kind of go on that and just begin to think about how wonderful it would be totally to be in God's presence. The glory, the, 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 the brilliance of his glory. For me to be part of that, to have the honor, I'm not bothered if I'm on front row or back row, I'm going to be there. And it's so wonderful. So think about what the honor it is and the blessing that we can look forward to that. We have to accept not everybody will accept the invitation, but we keep on getting the invitation out. Why are we doing this? It's costly. It's hard work. Being in church and being part of church and building church with God can at times be discouraging and, and, and hard and tough and difficult, and we will get our disappointments. But what else are we going to do? This, this, is, this is everything. Getting people into, into the kingdom of God is not, it's not important. It's everything. If you live a life and miss out on that, you've missed everything. Everything. It's so, so important to get people into the kingdom. And we have to remember the why. Why are we doing this? Because God's told us the need is great, so many people to reach. That's our why, Life Church. It's not about anything else. I don't, that's our why, to reach people. It's not about filling, filling a building, it's about growing the kingdom. We have taken Lancashire as our parish. Someone asked me uh, just a couple of days ago, what's your parish? 
Well, Charles Wesley said the world was his parish. I'm not uh, going to be uh, that big. Was it John? John Wesley said that. But at least Lancashire, it's not a bad start, is it? There are millions of people who need to know Jesus. And we're going for it the best we possibly can. So in autumn and winter 2014, irrespective that we're in a new building, we're going for souls. We're going to see the kingdom extended. We're going to see people come into faith. People know Jesus. People are going to do Alpha and, and, and going to be blessed by that and helped and, and, and taken forward. And we're just going to reach out and reach out. And I want you to be part of this, guys. We have an invitation to get out there. Let's all take responsibility to do that. Just yesterday, I read uh, a blog by a man called Rick Warren. Rick Warren, the guy who wrote Purpose Driven Life, many of you, you will have read it, I'm sure, and uh, leader of a church, had tragedy in his life, and, and, and all, like all of us do. But he was talking about his father, and he was talking about his father who um, had, was a pastor, and he, he built a number of churches. I mean, literally, physically built these churches in, in the United States and in different parts of the world. And, and he talked about that. And he talked about his father on his deathbed. And on his deathbed, uh, it, was, it, was, it was his last few hours of life, and he was very frail and weak. But he, he was trying to get out of bed, and, and they were saying to him, look, you know, uh, and, and he's, uh, Rick once said his wife, Kay, said to him, look, you're dying, just, just stay where you are kind of thing. You, you've not got the strength. And it, all he could say was, I've got to save another one. There's another one needs to be saved. And I was kind of thinking of that and thinking, what would, what would my last words be on my deathbed? In all seriousness, telling your family that you love them. And, but what, what, what is it that totally drive, What drove that guy was clearly to reach people. 1989, uh, my, my mother died, and um, on the night that she died, my dad and myself went to visit her. And um, it was a Sunday night, so my brother and my two sisters w- were, at, were at church. We had a, an evening service then. And I don't think I've ever told this story, correct me if I'm wrong, but we went to visit her, and so we were talking to her, and she was kind of a bit in and out of consciousness, and... Uh, uh, my dad was saying to her, you know, Jeff's here and Steve and Judith and Susan are at, at church. And all she could say to us was, take them to church. And uh, so we said, they're at ch- they are a church. We told you they're a church. No, 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 take them to church. And she was just absolutely so insistent And eventually it dawned on us what you were saying. Because to follow Jesus, there's nothing more important than that. There isn't. So why do we do what we do? It's simply because we want to reach people. Excuse me for my emotion, but we've got to reach people. This is why I do what I do. This is why Life Church is what it is. We've got to reach people. And of course, we can't make anybody do anything. And I appreciate that some of us have family members that are not following God, and that, that, that's tough. Don't, don't let that be, don't get that be, a, a, be in condemnation. Don't be in guilt because of that. Just keep praying for them, yeah. just keep showing them the way. But church, life church, we've got to reach people. 
why we do what we do is because God's told us and because the need is so great. Let's find somebody that we can reach, that we can build a bridge of friendship, of relationship, that they can then walk over into faith in Jesus. That's why we do what we do. It's not about us. It's not about entitlement. It's not about, spoke about that last week. It's about reaching people for Jesus. Take them to church. Bring them along. Let's see what God can do. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.